Welcome everyone to the third episode of the fifth class of the Golden Family Podcast, the Treyway episode. For this episode, it will be a Hampton University takeover. I'm your host, Keon Cage, a strategic communication major with a minor in leadership studies at the illustrious Hampton University. I'm joined by my fellow Hamptonian, Kiana Robinson, who is serving as the behind the scenes mastermind and the producer of this episode. Hey, everybody. It's good to hear you, Kiana. Shout out to the real HU, of course, Hampton University. But this episode is not a ju- just about Hampton University. Today's episode, we're going to talk about our first week of classes back at Hampton University after being shut down for a year. We're going to talk about Chloe Bailey's single, Have Mercy. Then we're going to t- turn around and talk about uh, Kanye West's Donna album and Drake's Certified Lover album. And of course, we got a big matchup coming up with Jackson State versus Tennessee State. We got head coach Deion Sanders and Eddie George matchup going against each other. And lastly, we gonna we had the VP come to Hampton University, and we're gonna talk about her visit and the environment while she was on campus. I'm also joined by the wonderful Mr. Alexis Davis, one of NCAT's finest, finest human beings on the campus as well. Hi, everyone. This episode is full of fun and we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump into it. So Kiana, how was your first day of uh, first week of classes? It was very interesting to be back on campus, especially because I thought maybe we would be doing hybrid, but every single class is in person. So that was interesting. And a lot of a lot of things haven't changed. Like there's just less people and it's just a thing from the last time we were on campus. Yes, I can honestly say for me personally, a lot has changed because last time I was on campus, I was a sophomore, I was in Greek, uh, I was in all these different organizations. Then to come back to campus and pledge Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, it's just a whole different world, a whole different experience. A lot of expectations has been upon me. Uh, also being a Rodin Fellow, a lot of people look up to me and have higher expectations of me. A lot of people have reached reach, uh, reach out to me. And as an alpha, as a student, as a student leader, as a member of the uh, William R. Harvey Leadership Institute, a lot of people have been reaching out to me. So it's kind of been, uh, been very busy for me. So what, what, so what's been the best part since you've been back? Say so being a rodent fellow has been one of the best experiences coming back to campus. I've had so many people reach out to me just like you. I've had teachers come up to me and just say congratulations and yeah, I think there's high expectations for me and both of you too. So I think those have been the best parts of coming back. Yes. Hampton is the best campus, best HBCU, as you can tell. Isn't that right, Alexis? Even though you go to NCAT, North Carolina A&T, which is a lovely school, but it's not on Hampton's level. But so while we're talking to Alexis, let's jump into it. Did you hear, the, you hear some albums drop out? There's two albums that came out the other week. Did you hear him, Alexis? Do you know what albums I'm talking about? Yes, I did have a chance to listen to Kanye West and Drake's latest work. Um, you know, Kanye and true Kanye fashion, you know, it comes with a lot of antics. Um, some people call them gimmicks outside of the music. Some people who are true Kanye fans, um, they really appreciated the music. Um, but for me, last week, I would definitely say Drake was the true standout. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. I love Drake album. But what I like about Kanye, I love I love the message. And I love the way he just 
brought it back to old school. I feel like this is a little bit old Kanye college dropout graduation. Like I feel like it's that Kanye coming back. But Drake, you can't go wrong with Drake. It's just it's the vibe. It's the vibe. So what's what's been your favorite song on both albums? Um, I would say for Drake, I would definitely say Pipe Down because it's very relatable. And then for Kanye, I would say Off the Grid just because it almost kind of has like a touch of almost rock and roll kind of feel. And I feel like, you know, African-Americans have really been trying to sample, get their feet wet. You know, there, there have been some people that have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that have been African-Americans. So I feel like, you know, we're kind of tiptoeing around the genre. So to see him kind of bring it all together with rap was really good. Um, I will say, I would point out um, how both of them put their albums out. So with Kanye, with the various listening parties, uh, with the two that he did in Atlanta, and then the other one that he did in Chicago, I feel like he makes the music be not just about music, but an overall experience. I feel like by having the listening parties, it makes his fans really feel like they are a part of it. And also, you know, just seeing your artists perform things in person can really bring a new meaning to the album. So where would you rate a rank Kanye's album and among his albums. Was is this in the top three? Is it is it is, did it make that? Um I wouldn't say top three. I would put it at maybe five or six, just because I don't see years later, I don't really see us coming back to this album like the way we do college dropout things of that and graduation. Just like with graduation with HBCU students um, decorating their caps and stuff. A lot of people um, decorate their caps similar to his graduation. Um, similar to his graduation album, like for instance, um, just like for you, Keon, you know, for one of your organizations, they might have like the bear that was on the album. They might put that in an alpha jacket, et cetera, like that. So I will say they had lasting cultural effects, but I don't see us referring back to this album in a couple of years. And it's funny you say about the bear because I do have a sweater with the, with the bear and a uh, alpha man. That's funny. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's neo season always. So, what about Drake? What would be the uh, where would this album rank among Drake's? Um, I would give this probably three or four. The main thing with this, I would say, was the marketing they went into this. Um, I do want to draw quick attention to the different billboards that he put in the various cities. So for all the features that he had for the artists being featured, he had a billboard put a go. He had a billboard put up in the city from where they're from. So, for instance, he had a Chicago billboard for Lil Dirt. He had um, an Atlanta billboard for Lil Baby, etc. And it really kept people on their toes wondering, like, who are these features? I mean, a lot of people, you know, it was the artist's nicknames. It wasn't what their artist actually was. So if you're a true follower of the artist, then you knew who he was talking about. So I would say that was a great marketing tactic um, on his end. Also, I'm not sure if people really noticed this detail. He got a heart haircut um, a couple of weeks before he put the album out. So it was kind of like dropping bits and pieces. Like, here's what's coming without really saying, you know, I'm doing A, B, and C. And then also, I would say he knows how to really get people talking, especially with his Little Dirk feature where India um, is mentioned, Little Dirk's girlfriend um, and mother to his children is brought up and he shouts out his cosmetic line. You know, a lot of people are saying you get 40 seconds in a Drake song, but he chose to make those 40 seconds about his girlfriend. So I feel like Drake knew that that would be something that really got his female listeners talking. Definitely. I feel like both of them did really well marketing 
Kanye with the shows, Drake with the billboards and the dropping the little hints. Who do you think did better? Who do you think did the best with marketing? Which one would you pick? I would say Drake because Kanye, all he did was the listening parties. And it's like, you know, if I wasn't at the listening parties then I don't really feel a part of it, but with Drake, you know, it was the haircut. I've also seen um, on a show called on HBO max called the sweet life. I've seen a couple of guys on there with that haircut. So it just shows like the real cultural stamp that he's making in such a short amount of time. So the haircut and then with the billboards and then also with the cover, with the album cover itself, a lot of other different brands have been recreating an album cover. So I feel like he's making a cultural impact in such a small amount of time, but I don't really see a Kanye cultural impact when it comes to the music and the distribution right now. Definitely. So do you think I can get away with the haircut, put a heart on my head? Um, I think you can do whatever you want. Hey, you know, you know, you know, my hairline kind of pushing back, you know, I can always dream. My brother can always it's dream. It's okay. Right? It just means you're just getting older and wiser. Oh, hey man, hey man. I'm only 21 though. So let's just <laughs> say younger and wiser for right now. Well, we really appreciate you and your thoughts. But those weren't the only um albums and songs that dropped. We had Chloe Bailey drop her video, Have Mercy. So I'm, I'm gonna talk with Kiana Robinson about this. I really like the video. Awesome. The songs just it's just she's just awesome. And mm-hmm. I just think like, she's the same age as us. I'm like, wow. She's really the same age as us. So what were your thoughts of the uh, song and the video? I was really, I don't want to say I was stunned, but like, because I kind of expected this energy from her, especially being one of Beyonce's artists. I was really like taken aback. I was like, wow, she she really did that. Like the whole concept of the video, the outfit, the hair, the marketing for the song, it all really came together. So do you think she's the next Beyonce though? I wouldn't say she's the next Beyonce. She's the next Chloe Bailey, okay? I don't know. Like, I just the vibes throughout the video. The perf- she's really an entertainer, not just a singer. She's really entertaining throughout the video. The video was very creative. If you haven't watched the video, really watch the video, not just listen to the song. I love the song, but the video, she's really just entertaining and reminded me of Queen B, who's from Houston. Shout out to H-Town. But uh, I really love it. I really think she's an entertainer. I really think she's the next Beyonce. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it on live at me on Twitter. <laughs> she is the next Beyonce. No, she was definitely giving me Beyonce vibes with the um, the blonde hair and the way she was standing on top of that building in the video. And also, um, she used the Greek letters and it was just giving me Beyonce homecoming vibes. I love it. She needs to continue to produce more. Uh, oh, she's just awesome. I can't wait for Grownish. Grownish, shout out. One of my favorite shows. But we got a big matchup this weekend. We got Jackson State versus Tennessee State. This is going to be a wonderful matchup. We got head coach Deion Sanders with Jackson State and we got head coach Eddie George with Tennessee State. And this is going to be a primetime matchup. It's going to be on ESPN3. So I got a chance to interview uh, Eddie George and speak to him a couple, about a couple of things, preparing for the game. And he's very, very nice. He's actually a very nice coach. And um, he talked about how just he wants his uh, players to stay calm and use this, take advantage of this opportunity. Opportunity to be on ESPN is huge for HBC, HBCU especially. Uh, I remember watching the, uh, this past weekend, Jackson State versus FAMU. Really good game. Really good game. I believe it was 7-6. to six. The final score went down to the wire. It was raining. 
Uh, it was wet and just the game was just intense. I love everything about the game. I love to see it that it was on TV. I remember my mom calling me because she's uh that's the school she attended, Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State's on TV. Did you see it? Da, da, da. And just seeing the excitement. People are really excited to see HBCUs on TV. And I'm really happy about it. I can't wait for Hampton to be on TV. You know, Hampton plays Howard, so hopefully they'll put that on ESPN as well. But Alexis, Kiana, do you have any thoughts about seeing um, your HBCUs on ESPN? What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I would say, you know, I was able to go to the first college game day um, HBCU edition. So it was just so nice to just see all of that come together. Um, I also like how they didn't make it just about the game. Um, all of the different universities um, that were there, Clark, Clark, and then it was there. Alcorn was there. Um, and Central Cheerleaders were there. So I thought it really showed people, okay, yes, we're good at football, but this is the real HBCU experience. Um, they also had a lot of the different Greek organizations. They're strolling, showing what it really means to be a part of these different organizations. Um, and I feel like, you know, yes, PWIs do have Greek organizations on their campus, but, you know, to really see the cheerleaders, the dancers, um, also um, when me and Sarah were, you know, um, on ESPN for our Rodent Fellow shout out, we were um, right next to a lot of younger children, um, a lot of peewee teams. I think that's what they were sorry if I got that wrong, but a lot of peewee football teams, and it was a lot of it was just really good to see a lot of the young black boys really excited to be there, you know. And you know, I always feel like representation matters, so it really gave them something to show, like you know, this could be me, you know, in twenty thirty five. So, uh, I think it's a good thing that we're starting to put more HBCU games on ESPN and just on TV in general. I think that it'll promote more high school teams to encourage their players to come to HBCUs. It'll just encourage regular students who want to come to HBCUs to know that we too matter and we deserve to be put in the conversation of having great schools, great programs for sports and academics all around the board. So let me ask y'all this. You know, we have Deion Sanders and we have Eddie George, two Hall of Fame players, uh, two great coaches, what type of impact do you believe they can have, not only just on HBCU athletics, but also HBCU institutions as a whole? Um, well, I feel like outside of sports, people really underestimate the power that coaches have and the influence that coaches have on their players. You know, whether if it be, you know, with a group of players that might not have father figures in their lives, coaches become that, you know, either whether they want to or not. Coaches usually indirectly become father figures for a lot of their players. So I think it'll be more than just, you know, leading them on the football field. I feel like both coaches, because they've done so much in their lifespan and, you know, they're clearly not done. They, you know, they're both starting to coach um, at the HBCU level, I feel like they have a lot of life skills and a lot of manhood skills they can pass along to those players. And I feel like college is a really pivotal time to acquire and master those skills. Definitely, definitely. Kiana? I think everything that Alexis just said is absolutely true and more. This game is going to have such a huge impact. And those two coaches, they're going to have a huge impact on both teams and even people that don't go to the school. Definitely. I think just, just to give people a chance to really see the HBCU experience. Uh, I remember I was running the uh, Twitter for Hampton. And one of the things I said is number, the number one unwritten rule is to never leave at halftime. The halftime experience is definitely a part of the HBCU experience. So to my audience, if you go to an HBCU game, do not leave at halftime.
halftime is a part of the show. It's a part of the entertainment. The bands, the battle of the bands is the almost the best part of the game. <laughs> but on to the next subject. This week's HBCU Athlete of the Week is the 2021 Spring SWAT Player of the Year and Senior Quarterback for Alabama and them, Akil Glass. In last Saturday's matchup against South Carolina State, Glass completed 28 of 20 of 49 passes for 426 yards and four touchdowns. Glass led his team on a game-winning drive in a 42-41 victory over South Carolina State. He and the Bulldogs will face Bethune-Cookman on September 16th in Daytona Beach, Florida. So, Kiana, did you hear about the special guests we had on campus this weekend? I sure did. Yes, the one and only, who is it, a.k.a. Ms. Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States Visit Hampton University. Man, campus was really on shutdown. I know you've seen all the gates, seen all the security, had people on roofs, but you see the students screaming, like just trying to get pictures. What, what would you, how would you describe that day? Honestly, it was a little frightening because before she came, campus was kind of dead. And then I started seeing a whole bunch of people I've never seen before outside. It was a lot of people walking for sure because you could not get on the campus with a car. And the, I saw the people on the roof too. I was like, oh, wow, this is real. Yes. Then when she pulled up to campus, uh, I swear it's like 20 motorcycles in front of her, five trucks behind her. It's, it's like, like this is one of the most powerful pers- uh, people on earth. And I'm like, man, she's on our campus. So, you know, just her being a Howard grad, but, you know, we the real H.U., of course. But it's just really good to see somebody like that take the time to come to Hampton. And, like, you had news. I know you, I know you saw the helicopter that was flying over the campus all day. I didn't even need to see the helicopter. I heard it when I woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, school was really on lockdown. But it was really good to have somebody like that come take the time to uh, really check out our campus, make sure that we're using our resources right making sure that HBCU students are taken care of because it's important to recognize HBCU students, especially just with job opportunities, equal pay opportunities, um, just, just, just to recognize that. But I'm really happy that she came. So this Saturday at 12, we have a big matchup between Hampton University versus Howard University, the battle of the real HU. Of course, Kiana, who's the real HU? Hampton for sure. Just had to remind them. But Alexis, <laughs> I, I, I'm hearing you going up to D.C. to see the game and get the experience yourself. So what do you expect going into the game? Um, So for me, it's not really going to be about the athletic competition. Um, You know, not to diss any one of the teams. It's not really to me about the athletic competition. I think it's more so the deep roots of the rivalry and really making sure that, you know, people that aren't really, you know, abreast with um, HBCU football, they can kind of feel like, you know, they understand, they can feel like they're a part of it um, by experiencing it. And then also, I really think D.C. is a really interesting place to have, to place Howard University and also to play the game. Um, DC isn't really one of those, you know, down south schools um, that most of the HBCUs are at. So, you know, it is one of our northern HBCUs. So really show them that, you know, the HBCU experience is pretty common up and down the East Coast. 
Definitely. I feel like one of the things you got to do is go to the tailgates. I think tailgates, of course, you go to NCAT, so you know about tailgates. But this this tailgate's kind of intense a little bit, especially with Divine 9 being everywhere. You're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of people everywhere. But, of course, you got to stay for halftime. That's the number one unwritten rule, staying for halftime. Because the force, the Hampton University, the force is the best band in the land. Am I right, Kiana? You sure are, because I don't know about Howard's band. It was giving a little small the last time I seen them. So what are you looking for when you go up to D.C. to watch the game? I'm looking forward to watching the game because Hampton, of course, always comes through. I'm looking forward to seeing the band halftime performances because there's a little rivalry there because I used to work for the band. So when we went to Chicago for the last game, they had this big battle in the middle of the street and it was crazy and the energy was through the roof. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the cheerleaders, the music, everything. Yeah, I would also even add that, you know, sometimes a lot of people even forget about the fifth quarter at the end, you know, after the score has been made, finalized, you know, there is what we call the fifth quarter where the bands will go back and forth. And, you know, sometimes we even try to determine, um, you know, who's the winner of even the fifth quarter. Yes. And for these games, like everything's a matchup, not just football, not just bands. It's a matter who has the best food. It's just it's a competition for everything when it comes to to the H.U. But, man, I hope y'all really enjoyed the show. Uh, I really had a good time. Really thank you, Alexis, out of NCAT, POP, holding it down. Really appreciate you coming. And, of course, Kiana, my fellow classmate, my fellow Hamptonian, the producer of this episode. I really appreciate you coming through. But that's all, folks. And on behalf of the Rolling Fellows, we really appreciate you tuning into our podcast. So make sure you stay tuned in with us because who knows what we're going to talk about in the next episode. I'm Keon Cage, your host.